they charge me with resisting arrest. Get that confidence in jail. I object. Hello, fellow patriots, and welcome back to another episode of Allegedly Bravo. It's me, Cash, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Lauren. Hello, it's me, Lauren. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> it's me. It's Todd Gray. How are you? Think- <laughs> I feel like when you record podcasts, you forget, you know, obviously everything you've ever said. Yeah. But I feel like we've done that a handful of times and I love it. Oh, the Todd Cranes. It's, it's me, sorry, guys. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> There's this like TikTok trend going around right now. That's it's Kim Kardashian being like, ooh, that's so basic. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all guilty. We're all guilty. I'm hopped up on the caffeine. Let me Dude. tell you. Okay. I am hopped up. I've been taking these. Well, well, how many, how much caffeine have you consumed today? Uh, really huge iced coffee. And this is my Americano, <laughs> which you can't see, but yeah. So I've been taking these nootropics, like these. Oh God. You know, yeah, healthy supplement crack methamphetamines. Mm-hmm. So I am hopped up on that. And yeah. let's say I took that this morning, you guys. I got up and I went for a run. Ew. So what is this? Is this like the same thing that we did in law school? The what was no. it called? No, this is we're not gonna mention that. Okay, we won't mention that. <laughs> uh we it no, it's it's through this company called Thesis. Thesis, if you want to um you know, sponsor us, sponsor us, please do a thesis. And you go on and you can create kind of your own supplement regimen to help you stay focused. There's a packet called energy, clarity, motivation. So it's like function of beauty, but for your insides. Yeah. For your brain. And I'm telling you, there's days where I'm feeling really sluggish in the morning and I need to really focus on a project and I pop it and it, it's, it's, it basically is natural Adderall, mm, but I would awesome. recommend, yeah. So that's what I'm hopped up on. So this is going to be a wild ride. This is going to be a wild ride. And I'm like super tired. So it's going to be like, yeah, delirious, delirious. Well, you know, just a quick little housekeeping, you guys, we okay. have, you know, this week we've started new jobs. We've lost some family members. Yeah. People have it's, died. People have died. Jobs have been flourished, born, been flourished. And so it's been, it's been a while. It's been a doozy, you know, f- classic family really uh, imploding. Uh, okay, exactly. So for everyone, hello, that's listening. <laughs> My grandma died. Isn't that sad? But she was 94. She lived the longest, most wonderful life ever. RIP Juanita. We love you. We love you, Juanita. But boy, oh boy, do you learn a lot about people when they die? Not just not just when the person dies, but like the people around you that are still alive. And you're like, what the fuck? You know, it it really is a, like wills and trust is a, and probate is fascinating. And it yeah. we talked about this. It's very similar to family law mm-hmm. where people's true colors show and shine and you see people for who they are and mm-hmm. just and not saying that. I mean, your family is great and I love your family so right, much, obviously. Right. And they were, we know, very, they're well behaved. Yeah, no, yeah. they're, they're fabulous, but you just see a different side of people. You do. And you're just like, wow, what? it's been 31 years. Oh, by the way, I'm not 32. I've been telling everyone I'm 32 found out this weekend. I'm 31. I'm 
I'm not 32. Wait, I've been telling everyone you're. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm 32. Huh? And you'll be, when I turn 33, then you turn 30, 32. So I just have to remember how old apart. you are. And then minus one. I know you guys, I'm, <sighs> I'm an old I'm old. I am, but with all of this and mm-hmm. getting old and dying and stuff, yes. get your wills and trusts and your oh. documents organized mm-hmm. because you will, you may think that you come from a wonderful family that's mm-hmm. never thought about money, never prioritized money. Well, let me tell you. You haven't. It, no, the people's true colors come out and everybody is scrambling to get a, a, a couple dimes, a couple dollars. Yeah. And you know, the weird thing, you know, the thing though about, I about- mean, Lauren, and, Lauren and I were planning our, our vacation. Stop. <laughs> you can cut that out. You can cut that out. Yeah, we're really I'm bad. No, I'm, I'm kidding. 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 But like the thing that was really great about Juanita is she planned her whole funeral. It was all paper. Like it. all we had to do was show up, and that's the way everyone should do their wills. Yes. Yeah. All anyone had to do was show up. But the level of detail too, like mm-hmm. where she's going to be buried, how she's going to be buried, what color nail polish, what literally she's going to be wearing. The I love that. There were no I, questions left to decide upon. Okay. Okay. This is the crazy coming out today. Okay. And Here we, we might go. Have to, we might have to cut this out. Have you ever thought about recording a video of yourself and then attaching it to your will or your trust? Yes. As like a final goodbye. That a lot of people do that. Or writing something. Yes. I Okay. I didn't know if that was a psychotic and very morbid thing thing to think about. I think so many people would appreciate that too, because it's like, and I feel like if people would, when they pass, like, you know, and of course, sometimes it's not feasible, but like, if you're doing your wills and trusts, like I would say, set up a little camera and get like, good luck, Charlie on the, the action and be like, Hey, I love you. Goodbye. You get nothing. Cause you're a little shit. I guess it's really it really could only be done in situations where you are diagnosed with a terminal illness, you know, right. something, you know, you know, your end is near or, or you're, you're old. getting old. Yeah. But I just thought about it because I really, I, you know, everyone out there, go get your life insurance policies, by the mm-hmm. way, speaking of, um, this just reminded me, because that's where I started thinking about doing all this morbid stuff. Mm-hmm. But I had a conversation with our family friends. Mm-hmm. We were all sitting around. All of them are very successful, have great jobs, have families, have kids just bought homes. None of them have life insurance. What? How do you have a kid and not life insurance? My sister doesn't have life insurance. How does she have a husband and no life insurance? And owns a house. How do you own a house and not have life insurance? Like I lecture her so hard. So anybody listening, please go out. God, Vicki Gumbelson Jr. over there. It is so inexpensive. And the earlier you do it, the less your policy is or your, Mm -hmm. your uh, monthly bill is I pay $25 a month. Yeah. And it's so worth it. Wow. What a morbid intro. Honestly, though, you guys take it as take this with love. You know, we love you. No one ever wants you to die. If we could be alive forever, I'd be so gung ho. Um, Go get your life insurance policy because unfortunately you will die and go get your wills and trust. Yeah. Go get your wills and trust set up and for God's sakes, make it easy on the people who love you and let us know what color you want your nails painted. Yeah. 
let us know how you want your hair done. Do you want it in a high bun? Do you want it in a low bun? Do you want a wave? Do you want a waft? Like, are what you a lipstick you girly? Want? Are you a glosser? Are you a cremation girly? I'm going to be a cremation girly that gets turned into, into a, a coral reef. Yes, we know that. Okay, I know, need to make um, sure it's clear because if it doesn't happen, I will haunt everybody. I do have very specific people have been telling, like, you want the coral reef. Mm-hmm. My boyfriend wants the Viking funeral. You know, oh, my, wow. my friend Alex, her mom wants to be dumped off the back of a boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean, so many, so many things to think of. But really, yeah, just to, <laughs> okay, just to wrap this up, really. All you have to do is wherever you are listening to this, if you are in the United States, specifically in California, you can write it down on a piece of paper. It doesn't have to be anything really complex. You have to have witnesses. Just look up the lo- the probate law. I'm pretty sure it's two witnesses. Yes. And, your and if it's a handwritten will, please fill out everything. Please fill yeah. out two. This is my last will and testament. Please. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, you guys, a living will. What would you like us to do with you while you're still alive? plugged into a wall. Yeah. What do you want us to do? Because when it's time and someone has to make a tough decision, it's brutal. Anyway, you know, this and is it actually is, a Bravo podcast, but it is, it is, <laughs> you know, it is e- easier to have a living will and Testament than it is to tattoo. Do not resuscitate on your arm, you know? Right, 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 right. So, okay. Well, speaking of morbid, we are, you guys, we're talking about Erica Jane, Mm -hmm. but we're going to do like a fun little touchdown on the whole earring gate. And we're Mm -hmm. also going to talk about this new lawsuit that popped up from a woman named Christina Fulton, Mm -hmm. who is Nick Cage's ex-girlfriend from like the 1980s. They share a kid together. We're going to go into that. And then we're going to do a little Real Housewives of Beverly Hill recap. Yeah. But- before we do that, we have to talk about the breaking news of Jen Shaw. Oh my God. It's like, okay, where were you when Jen Shaw got arrested? Where were you when Jen Shaw changed her verdict to guilty? Like crazy. And both times you were my first message. I don't know where I was where when Jen Shaw got arrested, but I do know where I was. I was in I was my when, parents' kitchen. I do know where I was when Tom and Lou broke up. I was Tom on an on ramp. Tom and Louis. <gasps> oh. I was on an off ramp in Portland, just leaving Pal's books. Wow. Yeah. When you text me, I don't know where I was with Jen Shaw. I think maybe at home. Cause we were, that was pre COVID. That was COVID. Yeah. Right. I, you know, I gotta be honest with you. Everything's been COVID. COVID <laughs> has been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Memories blur. Yeah. It's all well, and there the has same been, sad, bleak moment. S- there's so many scandals too that mm-hmm. are they becoming it's more crazy common? They're not as we have had a housewife get arrested, swatted <laughs> on camera. We've had her go to motions, courts. We've started a whole podcast about it. Mm-hmm. She's pled guilty, and we're still in COVID. I know <laughs> it makes me sad. It is sad, but okay, so. Before we talk about her taking the plea deal, let's talk about that trip that the ladies took. I don't know if anybody, if people mm. are aware, Meredith and Heather accompanied Jen Shaw to New York for a court date. What the fuck was with Meredith being there? What the hell? I'm sorry, but Meredith is a fair weather friend. 
totally. Mm-hmm. And Heather, I understand if you go back and watch the reunion, Heather is just up Jen's ass. When Heather is a to- Jen Shaw stand. Yeah. Which makes sense because they are really close and they've been best friends or were best friends for a really long time. I think prior to filming the show, right? Mm-hmm. It seems like it. So I understand Heather's loyalty. It's the Meredith. The Meredith, I don't understand it at all. I just to, to see her and and Jen there, like I just kept picturing her in the bathtub being like, oh yeah, well, did you hear? Right? You know what I mean? That it's like, and then now you're just like with her at her little hearing. And then what? You're just gonna like, and what? Did they go shopping? Like, you so- know? We'll be back after a quick break. Finding Ruby is the incredible true story of a 16-year-old tricked by a seemingly innocent Facebook message. A message that would lead her from the protection of the mountains to the nightmare of an online trafficking den. Her first message to me was like, Hi, are you looking for a job? Ruby is hidden from the world, from everyone except her abusers. But she isn't alone. There is a team of people looking for her, and they will stop at nothing to find her. This isn't just the fight of her life. It's their fight, too. Search for Finding Ruby today. I'm, I'm, they were filming. Yeah, right. Thank God. So they were filming when the ladies took this trip. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to see this trio play out on screen because... This will be, I've never really been a fan of Meredith Grey, but this is going, <laughs> did I say Meredith Grey? Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, me neither. She's always so whiny. Mer- <laughs> Meredith. Um, Mark. It's going to, yeah, it's going to be her fall from grace. And again, we said this last year with Heather, with the Real Hospice of Salt Lake City, she yep. was having her Leah McSweeney season. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless we are given a miracle next season i i don't see us liking that trio at all no and do you think whitney and lisa are going to become friends then see i kind of hope so because i feel like they would be good friends and why if for some reason lisa could get over whatever it is that she's on like lisa i cannot like pin down on her because it's like i really like her so do i so like why are we not all getting along i'm gonna need whitney and and Lisa, and then um, what's her name? Paulson, the girl that looks like the oh actress. Sarah Paulson, Sarah Jr. Paulson's twin. Yeah, I'm gonna need them to become a trio, and I want to see some anger, and I want to see some fighting between the Jen Shaw Meredith Heather duo. You and that back scratcher. I love it, dude. Wow, I know. And I did realize I whipped it out the other day when we were talking with our guests. <laughs> you just love it (laughs) I love it because I I don't know I just love it I love it probably just feels good to have an itch it does uh but really quickly what I wanted to talk about just to wrap up the Jen Shaw of it all is there was an article that came out with a headline that's all I read I didn't read the entire I mean who needs the rest I mean who needs to read it where it said (laughs) Meredith and Heather were actually shocked and blindsided by Jen Shaw's plea I mean I'm sure. But also it's like, were you, or are you saying that? Like, but as we know, Jen Shaw, I think 
speaks out of her ass sometimes, mm-hmm. or not most of the time. And so I wonder though, if she was, while Heather and Meredith and Jen were all together in New York, Jen was maintaining her innocence, maintaining her innocence. I'm going to fight this, fight this, fight this. And then she, you know, went in and had a, a conversation with her attorney and changed her plea at the 11th hour. I can see that happening. Yeah. I, I can see Jen not being open with the girls about where right, she's right, at right. in terms of the prosecution. And honestly, she shouldn't because she shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I, How long do you think she's going away? I gave my predictions, I think 10 years. Mm -hmm. I think obviously she's going to, that's going to be half the time she's going to then do get out like on two and a half, three years, good behavior, credit for time served ankle monitor with like 10 years of probation. Yeah. I think whatever you said and plus all that money, but I think that she'll end up getting out earlier than 10 for good behavior. Did you already say that? Yeah. Because I feel like they're also going to want to get her out. Yeah. Because like she has kids and stuff and I would hope, I mean, I don't, I'm done hoping. I'm, I can't wait to see the coach shop and I'll play out. So oh my okay. God, do you think he'll divorce her? I mean, he is like a God fearing man or no, he's, he's Muslim. He's, he's very religious man. Yeah. You well, know, you can, say, you can still say God fearing. I believe with because he, they believe in Allah, which is oh, their okay. God. Then yeah, yeah, then there you go. Like, I just feel like he, he wouldn't divorce he seems, her, but that's so bad. But at the same time, the one thing we have to say about Jen Shaw is that she is taking accountability, at least for what this plea is worth. Yep. I guess, again, we'll see what happens when she, I, I would assume she's not going to talk a lot between now and her sentencing, but yeah. the moment. Are she's they sent- filming, I wonder, between I, now and then? I don't know, but I bet they'll have a camera on her at her sentencing. But I think the moment her sentencing is done, mm-hmm. she will, the floodgates will open. And I bet Andy will do a sit down with her. Oh, another thing that has been brought up and I've heard on other podcasts, people talking about where do you stand on Jen Shaw's fate with Bravo? Like in terms of Bravo, do they mm-hmm. keep her? Do they kick her? Like where, because there is this kind of, yeah moral code that's like an unwritten code okay mary Wynn, you're gone mm-hmm. um ramona gone or who you know and yeah. cutting people off or kelly dog done because of things that they've said right but what about these women that we're keeping on who have actually look at the teresa Giudice, joe Giudice. yeah and Erica like with Jane. Teresa, you could be like i could understand being like well you know she was an innocent spouse and with erica you can argue innocent spouse yeah but with jen it's like this was the criminal spouse you know and so what do we do here and as interesting as it is i really do think that they need to i don't know like i don't it feels uncomfortable to watch her like fighting with people and buying things and doing all that stuff like knowing that she stole from a bunch of grannies, you know? Yeah. So I don't know what the right answer is because everyone's kind of, I don't know, maybe federal crime is the line, like petty crime or like DUI, whatever, but like yeah, yeah. federal, you know, wire fraud, I feel like is a little bit of a different. I mean, story. when, when you're, when you're facing years of prison time, like prison and millions of dollars in restitution. 11 like, to 14 years, I think, right, is the time frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we will see. But um, on that note, before we, we're going to wrap that up and take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to get into Erica. Okay, hello. We're back with the earrings. God. Okay, so you've heard that Erica had those big old honking earrings, those big okay. old dime dimes. Heard about it? Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to lie. I think this podcast is about honesty. I have no idea what's going on with these earrings. Okay, I'll tell you Teach because me. I know about the earrings. So, are you familiar with what they look like? No. Okay, so then we'll start from the ground level. So literally these earrings are on Erica Jane in almost every scene in her confessionals, all this stuff. They're the earrings that are studs that are perfect squares, like very pointy squares. Okay. Okay. So those earrings, apparently Tom gave to her as a gift for like an anniversary or whatever. And the purchase price of those earrings, which I can't remember how many carats they are, but it was $750,000 for those earrings. Okay. So Erica <laughs> receives this gift and it's really great. Good for her. She's got these earrings and then they go on with life. And this, this woman loved these earrings. Like you could tell because they're on her in almost every well, photo. I mean, they're it's stunning. a classic, it's a classic diamond stud that in my opinion might be a little bit too how, what will we say? Gaudy. Gaudy thank you. Mm-hmm. But yeah. again, she's wearing Louboutin. She's wearing right. Christian Dior. She's always dressed to the nines, hair, makeup done. And these are totally a status symbol. I mean, they're probably like for real, the size of a thumb, like nail, the nail of your they're thumb. Large, like they're yeah. huge. They're very large. Yeah. So she, you know, would wear these, love them. And then when all this shit hit the fan and the trustees started going after all the stuff. They said that, Hey, Erica, you have these earrings that are, you know, pretty expensive. And so we're going to need them. And she's like, no, these are my earrings. They were a gift. Yeah. I'm not going to give them back. Like, and you know, a gift is a gift. I think if it was a gift, that was a gift, then by all means, I agree with Erica. And Mm -hmm. I would say, get your hands off her earrings. But They found out that the way that these earrings were purchased was Tom Girardi wrote a check out of a trust held for clients of a class action lawsuit, big fucking surprise. Um, And he just fully wrote the check right out of the trust, $750,000 signed Tom Girardi. Okay. To buy the earrings. We'll be back after a quick break. Were you team Backstreet Boys or Sync? Brittany or Christina? Simple Life or Newlyweds? With When They Popped, you don't have to pick a side because we're going to mention it all. When They Popped retells the stories of the late 90s and early 2000s biggest celebrities, trends, and phenomena like boy band mania, celebrity-based reality TV, and the rise of famous for being famous socialites. We'll unpack their rise to fame and uncover some facts you may have not known along the way. So throw up your away message and throw it back with us with When They Popped. Available wherever you stream your podcasts. Was, was this an isolated incident of him? Was this a mistake you think on Tom Girardi's part in terms of the way that he was pulling the money out? Was he being sloppy 
or was this a common practice? This was a common practice. This is why, like, okay, because he's, this is how he did all his like funding, his lifestyles. Like it wasn't just like he had all the money in the client trust. And then he wrote himself checks or like got cash out. He was buying shit. Yeah. But I guess I initially thought that this was more of an advanced scheme where they were taking out money from the trust accounts and then commingling the funds in their er, er, the Girardi keys funds Mm -hmm. and then transferring his payroll or whatever Mm -hmm. it would have been then to EJ global. So I didn't realize, so there is potentially a paper trail, I guess, of him withdrawing specific amounts of funds for specific purchases. Correct. And that might sound dumb to a lot of people, I guess, or what I'm saying might sound extremely dumb, but I thought it was much more advanced. Like I thought that it would have taken a forensic, basically accountant to come in to trace this. But I mean, this seems pretty black and white. Seems very black and white. And really I read part of the judgment and the judge was really just saying like, um, yeah, the expert will just be needed to value the earrings at this point. Yeah. And so this is a quote from, the judge in the hearing um it says this per the court it was an embezzlement and fraud from day one not by mrs you know there's erica girardi but by mr girardi the money used to purchase the earrings was from from the trust the money was taken out for the cost of the suit or was not taken out for the cost of the suit it was not taken out for the cost and fees it was taken out for the purposes of embezzlement so it's like literally how you said the commingling thing like that would be a way to make sense like oh i'll just take 150 deposit it use what i need xyz no this was fully he went to the jeweler he whipped out the check and i people maybe don't know this but when you have a client trust account at least in my experience, you're not generally writing a bunch of checks like every single day. Um, yeah. So usually you order a certain amount of checks like per this, you know, trust, you'll get six checks printed or whatever, and you can make the payments as is because you usually have to have a stipulation signed by everyone to get money out of the trust before there's a judgment. Your client has to agree to it. Your client has to agree to That's it. A- and And it has to be signed off by the other side. So how many other instances do you think like this exist with where it's this black and white? Because I'm sure there are a lot of other instances where it's commingled. They're going to have to go in and trace. But are are we thinking even the the painting? Like this is what and I don't know. This is my hypothetical thought is. To me, I mean, if you're going to be so ballsy to be like, I'll just go ahead and take this check and draft it right out of the account, right to this jeweler. I mean, I would not be surprised if like the Chagall came out of that, like all that stuff, because think about it. If you're going to buy like expensive things like that, you're not going to like, can they put this on four different credit cards? No, I have a question. When did this, when were these earrings gifted? Okay. Good question. Off the top of my head. Not sure. I feel like I want to say 2016. Okay. So I'm just thinking in terms of this defense's argument of mental state, dementia, not there, not understanding, but 
I mean, okay. So this then is a question too, for you, you know, Erica recently mentioned, especially on this most recent episode of Beverly Hills, that she has sold a lot of her clothes. Mm -hmm. And so obviously those items, a lot of items from her closet are gone. If we have future hearings like this of items that are proven to be, have been embezzled or Mm -hmm. been used with embezzled monies, she's going to have to pay that money back. Right. Right. So that's part of the reason why they took the earrings from her, because they said, like, you are in receipt of stolen goods and that's a crime. Like if you're in receipt of stolen goods and you know it, you could go to jail. So being in receipt of yeah, being in receipt of stolen goods, Mm -hmm. ignorance of the law is not an excuse. Right. Exactly. I didn't know is not in in the law. But yeah, so I really do think that like. Because I'm also thinking about that uh, Jaguar Cartier ring that she has and all that stuff. I'm like, that's all I think about. Like, this is obviously huge ticket items that have to be, there has to be a paper trail for. And so I really just would not be surprised if this is not the first time. But the reason that I thought this was like even more disgusting is because of the account that this money came out of was let me guess some type of traumatic you betcha oh of god course. why not of course not? so this was for a class action lawsuit that tom was part of on behalf of the plaintiffs obviously okay. called and i'm probably saying this wrong razulin and razulin was a di- a, a drug that uh, helped treat type two diabetes. Okay. So, I mean, this is a very vulnerable group of people, right? Well, apparently the drug ended up causing huge liver failures. People died. They had intense, like vomiting of blood and internal bleeding. Like it was serious. Right. So while Tom was being the attorney on this case, apparently from one of the motions that I had read, he failed to respond properly to discovery and the defendants moved to dismiss hundreds of the plaintiffs in the class action because of that, because of Tom. And so the court like literally had to have a hearing on it, obviously. And what ended up happening is they ended up dismissing 17 plaintiffs. You guys not. Okay. I know we are all caught up on the money of it all because obviously it's salacious. It's fun to talk about. And everyone knows money and, and people understand it, right? They Mm -hmm. understand what it would feel like to have something taken from them. Mm -hmm. I find the most egregious thing about this is the lack of accountability and the lack of oversight from the California state bar in terms of complaints the amount of complaints and we'll get into it because this is going to be a two-part episode. We're going to do a full breakdown of that new lawsuit that dropped with the racketeering allegations and conspiracy allegations because throughout that lawsuit, they talk about how many complaints were filed against the state bar and how aware the state bar was. And it's really, really upsetting. It's really upsetting that this man had such influence that he can influence this objective, you know, entity and, group of people that are supposed to be an oversight committee Mm -hmm. that are really supposed to like, you know, keep these people accountable who are having their own clients dismissed from cases from their own bad lawyering. That's embarrassing. It's, 
It's really sad. So she was in receipt of stolen goods, and that's why they plucked those earrings right out of her ears. I was going to say, can you give me a breakdown of how you think the um, process went of handing over the earrings? What I do can. You- I can okay. because, and I'm in a, I have experience in this because obviously <laughs> working in divorce, like people have a lot of big jewels and stuff because I lived in Newport Beach. Yeah. And this one woman had a ring that was so beautiful. I mean, it was like hundreds of thousands of dollars, the most clear giant marquee diamond ring I'd ever seen. Right. And cue, cue Lauren holding up her hand with a beautiful diamond marquee. Diamond ring. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> cue me being like attorney's fees. <laughs> um, so she had, she lost the ring because same thing. He said, the husband was like, it was a gift. Or she said it was a gift and he said, nah, not really because it was a lot of money and X, Y, Z, it doesn't even matter. So she lost the ring. She had to turn it over. She brings the ring into our office where we have to accept the ring, have a whole receipt signed. She keeps it in a Ziploc baggie, like doesn't even bring the box. Like it's a Ziploc baggie. Not even like a safety deposit box or something. A Ziploc fucking baggie. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, thank you. I take it. I take the ring out of the baggie just to like verify all the pieces are there. Yeah. The stone falls out. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And she's like, hey, hey. and I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, I pulled the stone out. I was like, oh my God. So she like broke the ring and gave it to him. Uh, but long story short, then I had to have the opposing attorney come over, pick them up, sign the paper, have him go get it. Like it was a whole fucking thing. So what, Lots of signatures. Since it was broken, though, I mean, there couldn't there be an argument that it may have been you have a fake diamond. Like, you have you no should- fucking idea the amount of stress that broken stone caused me, because then, of course, just like you said, these are petty people with a lot of money. He goes, well, how do I know that's the stone I bought her? Yeah. Well, how do I know? Well, that's not what she gave me. That's not what I gave her. So X, Y, Z. And I'm like, oh, my God, bitch, just get yeah. divorced. Just be yeah. divorced. So I think that's what happened wow. with Erica. I mean, really bringing it back full circle to our conversation about people, you know, when people die, family, yeah. any, people tur- people are crazy. People are crazy. 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 Imagine ripping a diamond out of a big ring. I mean, the hatred. I mean, the hatred and strength. I was like, okay. You know, she probably took some pliers to it, but. Oh, and then, you know, she had a bitch about her bill. Too expensive. Fuck off. So in my mind, this is how I see it going. And of course, I know this is not how it happened. Mm -hmm. I picture Erica in her robe eating Domino's pizza at home. (laughs) totally blitzed out of her mind on her second bottle of angels yes and bang 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 knock on the door here comes the repo man and they pluck those diamonds right off her ear they put it into a safe and she's just crying in tears and drying her, her eyes with pizza face yeah and just like <laughs> oh my god you have to be right i mean yeah. you're right it it oh. has to be just like um the beginning of Shit's Creek where they come in and they're taking everything (laughs) that you're so right. That's exactly what it was like. You remember that quote by Moira? I think it's the first episode where she goes, you guys, may we pray we go to sleep and we never wake up. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that is so funny. That's how I feel camping. Uh, Okay, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial bait. 
bake. <laughs> I mean, we could bake. <laughs> yeah. A quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Okay, guys, welcome back. We are now going to get into the next lawsuit. Okay, I'm so excited because you're the expert on this one and I'm excited to listen. Okay, so this just recently broke. So per the New York Post, um, they had gained access to the pleadings. I haven't looked at the complaint. I just read through this article really quickly. But so Christina Fulton is her name and she is infamously known as Nick Cage's ex-wife or ex-girlfriend. They share a child together. She Claim is to fame, huh? She, I know. Right. I, and I didn't want to call her Nick Cage's ex-girlfriend because she's a woman. She's and got her like own you're identity. More than that. She is. Um, but they did use the, they did use the term actress to describe her. And you know, that, yeah. that term also can be loosely thrown right, around. Right. So she's suing Erica Jane and two former Girardi and Keese attorneys for alleged, alleged fraud and theft. And you may think to yourself, what is yeah. the connection? What is well, the connection? We're back to vulnerable victims. So in 2016, Fulton was involved in a car accident and su- sustained severe injuries as a result. So she then obtained and, or sorry, retained Girardi Keys to represent her. Mm-hmm. And ultimately they, it was resulted in a confidential settlement of $924,000 around there. <laughs> a confidential settlement of this exact amount. <laughs> well, I think that they, I think what they did is they, they released a monetary, a certain amount. And then I bet she got some pain and suffering Yeah, because later in the article, they talk about the distress. Uh, the firm distributing payments and when the payments should have come and they referenced over a million dollars. So, yeah. Okay. So anyways, so according to the lawsuit, Fulton, she, she said that she learned on July 14th of 2022, she had discovered newly discovered documents. July 14th, 2022, two days ago. That might be a typo. Okay. Oh oh, no. I'm just saying, wow, that was recent. It might've been the day she filed the lawsuit. Okay. You know, it's very recently discovered the journal i was like this here is, is you know it we're new we're new we're to new. the journalism we're just here to have fun just here to have fun so she claims that she had recently learned through newly discovered financial documents where her settlement money actually went so the document stated that fulton's settlement check had been deposited into none other than gerardi and Keese's bank account without her consent shock shock and i know awe. i know and so that's, so that's why when you were talking about the earrings, I'm like, oh, okay. So the yeah. commingling, it's an advanced scheme. Like the money is being deposit, deposited to Girardi Keys, and then the money's being then distributed to EJ Global and these right. other, these other right. shell accounts, right? Could you imagine taking somebody's money and just writing, didn't even get her consent. They forged allegedly based on this complaint forged her signature so according to her attorney it says according to the attorney it says this was a complete outright forgery of fulton uh, for uh, as fulton never endorsed this check and certainly never agreed to it to have been deposited so according to the new york post fulton only received a total of one hundred ninety thousand between april of 2019 and september of 2020 and we know she's owed over 900 But Lauren, she was gratefully so so oh, kindly no. given a five thousand dollar advance, which means seven hundred forty four thousand three hundred dollars of that money is missing. TBD. To be determined. Don't know. 
Okay. If I had an account with like $900,000 in it that I needed or and was entitled to, and someone was like, I'll give you five. I'd be like, "Uh, no. So I think uh, I don't have the article pulled up, but I think in the article, they talked about how the money was supposed to be distributed. It was supposed to be like 2019, this amount of money of April and Mm December of 2019, this much, and then payment in full, which makes sense instead right. of giving somebody a whole lump sum. Right. But so uh, Fulton's dis- Fulton's attorney, so it says in the pleadings included that Erica, or included Erica, I'm sorry, because Fulton had discovered her funds were allegedly diverted to Erica via EJ Global and later transferred to Pretty Mess Inc. In quotes, it says the funds were treated as community property. Erica used the money to pay off her expenses for at least 12 years. All of her expenses were paid by Girardi Keys as she was generating them. No one withdrew money from her firm, from the firm other than Erica Girardi. What? So she's, so this woman is saying that it's community property and Erica knew about it. And the only person who, is she alleging that Erica knew or just that Erica was the sole recipient? What I'm, how I'm interpreting, I don't think there's, they're not alleging any type of knowledge. What they're saying is, is that this money, just like the earrings, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need to know that they were embezzled. It's just that you're in receipt of this embezzled right. property, right? So they're saying, look, that money is community property because it was within the EJ Global account. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for it. And you're the only person that's been swiping the credit card that's attached right global nobody oh. else has pulled out money right tom hasn't pulled out money you're the one that's over there buying you know your mm, whatever Masino, the fuck Masino, whatever the fuck it's called right up the runway baby right up the runway <laughs> and so but i do say all of this with a little bit of doubt and here's why okay i i question this pleading and i question this okay because Uh Uh-huh. Christina Fulton is represented by Mr. Ronald Richards. Okay. What the fuck is going on with Mr. Ronald Richards? Okay. We're going to get to him in a second, but I just want to wrap this up because so he's representing her. Right. And so that's where all of this language, it sounds, you know, although the language in this Christina Fulton pleading sounds Mm -hmm. familiar because it's regurgitated from all the other fucking pleadings that he filed against Erica Jane. Because this guy wrote them. Which, I mean, of course, if Christina Fulton hasn't received the money, she's uh, totally entitled to this lawsuit. She's entitled to it, entitled to be reimbursed. But it it's it, the Ron Richards of it all. It gives me a moment of pause. Mm-hmm. And so just to wrap it up. So according to Jane's attorneys, they responded to the New York Post and said they hadn't seen a complete copy of the complaint yet. But they are adamant that there's two fundamental undisputed facts which will emerge for all of the lawsuits that try to make Erica responsible. So they, they allege think, that it's going to be told. Yes. And they think, and I don't know if they're going to do that through a motion for summary judgment or mm-hmm. what, but okay. they, because if they're arguing there's undisputed facts that are going to potentially, you know, take the doors down. Yeah. Everything's going to go bye-bye then great. Mm-hmm. But they said that really the focus should be on Tom Girardi and where and where, supported by evidence, the lawyers, accountants, financiers who enabled his misconduct and wrongdoing, wrongdoing. And nobody disagrees with that, right? Mm-hmm. But if there is some type of commingling of funds and it was community property and it was used by or 
money was gifted to Erica, that money and property should be returned and distributed to the victims. Agree. Okay. So we'll see to be determined what's going to happen here. I'm sure it's going to get lost in all of the madness of all of these. We'll keep an eye on it though. But can we talk about Ronald Richards and the house? Yes. Okay. So for those of you who are not on Instagram 24 seven, Ron Richards, this attorney from this Twitter attorney, who's been, you know, an attorney (laughs) for the trustees, like he's very involved in this case in he's, Involved in the Jen Shaw case from a reporting standard. He's involved in the Erica Jane case because he was literally representing the trustees for this whole thing. Which great, great. Which great. But now he's like gonna buy Erica's house and he put he posted on Twitter or whatever the fuck media. Um Lauren, his wife, and I are making a uh offer on the house. It's gonna come out in the motion. So we wanted to tell you now. million offer on Erica Jane's Pasadena home. So one, look, okay, look, you are supposed to be a zealous advocate for your clients. And there is no doubt about that, that Mr. But I think Mr. Ronald Richards is taking it to a weird level, a weird level. And I think it could potentially create a conflict, a conflict. Listen, I don't want to accuse anyone of anything. So I'm speaking from no knowledge here. But to me, it feels like a conflict already exists, allegedly. Well, it it seems retaliatory. It It does. And it's like the way he said that he was going to buy the house because he wanted everyone to like, what did he say? Something weird about the First Amendment. He was like, I want everyone to know, like, um, well, first he said what the, like what everything is in the house and like what all these people were embezzling and stuff, but also like that he wanted like to hold depositions there and like be like yeah. a first amendment advocate. First amendment advocate. And then to uh, basically kind of cr- turn it into a museum, which doesn't make sense to me if you're going to be living there and like a museum it, for what? Well, then Erica came back and I thought this was really funny because mm-hmm. she lived in that neighborhood for years. She's like, right. yeah, good luck getting that past the HOA in a gated community. No, for reals though. Like you can't even like, yeah, you park can't your, your car a certain yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I, I find it odd and I think it's, I think it's undermining his, his obsession with her is really undermining, I think, and taking away from the victims of this case who are just yeah. entitled to reimbursement. That's all they want. That's and, all it is. And it it's doesn't like, I'm kind of, and mind you, I don't like Erica. So with that being said, I'm kind of over everyone blaming Erica. Yeah. So yeah, she acts really distasteful and she says things that for sure. Let's be super like talking about, you know, but it's like, Tom is the one who did this stuff. Tom is the one who ran the firm. Tom is the one who wrote the checks. Tom is the one who knew everything. If Mm -hmm. Erica knew anything, then, you know, that's really bad, but I'm understanding more and more that Erica was just, she thought she was a rich wife. Yeah, exactly. And And so it's uh, like, leave her alone. You're like moving into her house and bullying her on Instagram. I, if I were Erica, I would say, take my money. I don't want, take whatever the diamonds, take the jewelry, take the items of high value, 
leave me with the bare minimum and that's it. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to get anything mm-hmm. else from me. But I, I do, I'm starting to sympathize with her when I read, because I called Lauren when I was reading this article mm-hmm. and I, I'm like, you're never going to believe who represents her. Yeah. This Fulton girl. And she goes, don't tell me it's Ronald. And of course it is. And so I do, I think it's, I think it's retaliatory. I think it's obsessive and and I guess it makes sense why Erica's kind of got this, I don't give a fuck attitude, but before, I mean, I guess we can get into it. We can take a quick commercial break and do a little recap. Yes. Okay. We are back. So let's recap Beverly Hills because obviously we heard just recently about Erica and Ron Richards and all that, but there, we mentioned earlier in the podcast, like a couple weeks ago, I think that Erica was mentioning that, um, we don't even know if people got paid. Yeah. And it's things like that, that make me irritated with her, um, et cetera. And, and also when she was going through Diana's closet <gasps> and she made the comment in her confessional, she goes, people think I'm poor. She goes, I have money. I'm not broke, and broke. I'm like, I'm not no, broke, baby, you, you are broke, broke. You know, and it's comments like that where mm-hmm. there's just a disregard for the reality she's living in. Mm-hmm. And when she's flying her glam out to Mexico and doing all these things, it, it doesn't make sense. And it's, there's like, there's no self-awareness, but. I wish really, she would just tag her sponsor. Like, uh, Yeah you know and, and you don't just have, have a big box. daddy or whatever they called him on big papa like you know yeah like just, sugar, da- sugar daddy sugar daddy just like let's not tell around yeah so let's go to the beginning of the episode really quick we're gonna okay. it's probably gonna be a short little recap but okay thoughts first of all on Sutton hosting the women on a muddy grass patch what the fuck was that I mean it's just so unsutton like I couldn't understand it move it Move Move the table. I mean, I was on everybody else's, like, I was agreeing with all of them. And it's like, how on earth did they have those table, like, chairs on the grass without them, like, totally sitting down and then sinking all the way in? And, like, the table, how did all of that not sink all the way down into the fucking mud? I mean, they couldn't even wear heels, let alone wearing, you know, or sitting on the chair. I mean, come on. I just thought it was offensive. And you always tell people if you're going to host a party in the grass to wear a certain type of shoe. So, yeah. Uh, I wonder if she was dressed in Spider-Man chic. She was like, you know what? I'm going to be Spider-Man today. What's up with the glasses? And she looked, I don't know. The sunglasses are a deliberate choice that she has made repeatedly for the last year. And it's weird. She did it on Watch What Happens too. But it is a, st- I mean, she, we've said this before. It's a style that she sticks to. Look at her hair. Okay. But it's a style that she sticks to that she shouldn't. She committed. Well, the hair. I, there you go. But I mean, at least she got a wig now, like that she's like playing around with some new I hair. Know. I know. Um, but okay, back to the whole episode. When they were all sitting down and they were talking and it was like, oh my gosh. What? I just got distracted. Oh, but okay. What I really want to talk to you about Mm -hmm. the most important thing of this whole episode, besides the Diana Sutton conversation, which I need a full recap on the Erica Garcella. Yes. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about. Why did Garcella pull Erica aside one-on-one? 
I think because she was going to, but when she saw that Erica kept drinking nonstop, she was like, we got to just do it, you know, because it was like, I think Garcelle knows, like, you can't have a conversation with someone who's been drinking. Like, it's just, you can't. Yeah. And I guess doing the, a group setting, it held people account, it held Erica accountable. But when Garcelle came for Kyle and goes, this is exactly what I'm talking about. I loved it I because did it's too. so true and nobody is so what did she call Kyle I forgot she called she said she was jumping ship or flipping jumping or ship. Yeah, yeah this is you jumping ship yeah and it was a perfect example and, and Kyle misread situations mm-hmm. and when she said look this is the first time I've ever ever seen Erica let loose it's like nobody oh, is denying that Erica is letting loose what we're saying is she's being inappropriate and th- those are not synonymous with one another like they're two separate situations and we've all watched this show for years and have seen erica totally freak out remember you don't know what i go through at night poor eileen can't even come back on the show anymore after that (laughs) like talk about about ptsd somebody who's probably on zola i know it's like (laughs) and then that's the other thing like when she when erica was like so sorry, I'm sporadic right now because of the caffeine. So Erica has been a wild woman before Kyle has witnessed it. So no, it hasn't been two times. It's been two times so far this season that yeah. she's been wild. That's enough. And like, and Garcelle gets to defend her children. Yeah. Well, and also just because Kyle wants to see Erica let loose it, in no way is is that an excuse for the way that she was acting? And I thought she was so out of line when she called her husband or uh, Garcelle's son's wife, the baby mama. Oh, it made like, me the sick. disrespect. I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I posted it on her story. I was like, justice for Samantha, his wife. Justice for Samantha. I mean, yeah. The whole thing was just so ridiculous that I was like, Erica, you honestly are lucky. This is all Garcelle saying to you, because yeah, if if somebody spoke to I don't even have a kid. If someone spoke to my little sister like that, so, I would be like, get the fuck out right now. So, What are your thoughts on Dorit and Crystal and their reaction to that situation? Um, I think that Crystal did the right thing by like getting the kid out and being like, don't listen to her. She's drunk and like not making it a big deal. Um, to further scare the kid. But I think that if I were Dorit, I would be like, dude, chill. Like you need to tone it down. Yeah. Why is no one telling her to tone it down? They're doing her friend a disservice. And I will. And I said this on our, on our Instagram story. I think that Erica Jane at Garcelle's party was Erica Jane drunk. Yeah. Because you, you saw her true colors and you saw the way that she reacts when she's intoxicated mm-hmm. her on the boat. That was fake. That was, that was, that was a total ploy. That was a whole thing she was doing for the camera. Mm-hmm. And, and you could see the regret in Erica's face the next day following Garcelle's event when they met with Garcelle and Crystal were walking and Erica was trying to justify it saying, Oh, well, they're 16 year olds, whatever. And Crystal said, no, they're 14. She goes, Oh, like that was a genuine reaction. Yeah. Of, oh God. Oh, I and fucked and up. you know what? Even if they are 16, it's still not okay. But like, yeah, well, a 14 year old, for God's sakes. Like, well, and Erica's whole thing was I wasn't being disrespectful and I wasn't saying it in a condescending tone. She was implying I was saying it sarcastically, like, get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? She didn't have any malice. Totally. Which, fine. 
but it's still it's a st- still a strange way to talk to a, a child it's but not what you said it's how you said it said it you know um okay now going to the lunch really quickly with Sheree Sheree Garcelle and Kyle first I of all, fucking love Sheree put her on put her in the middle with Garcelle, the way she just somebody else off give her a diamond give her a diamond like the way that she just says says it she just says it she's like well I think what she meant was she needs you to stay the fuck out of it pretty much or, like yeah, to take a back seat yeah I was like oh my god someone is finally saying what needs to be said well it's exactly why everybody loves Garcelle why we love Garcelle right and I think it's because they're new blood like they don't know these women the way that no. these women know these women like and their loyalties are to each to other, each other. it's a genuine friendship exactly for years it's not yeah, I mean it's they dated the same man but it's not a friendship for clout. Whereas right. I think Erica, like Dorit sitting next to Erica saying, mm-hmm. you know, oh, ha ha ha, trying to play off the whole get the fuck out of here comment. Mm-hmm. That's not a genuine friendship. Like if Cherie was sitting by Garcelle and Garcelle popped off and made the comment Erica did, Cherie would have had Garcelle's throat. Yeah. And like, yo, we don't act like that. Yeah. Like what tone it fucking down. Don't talk to children yeah. like that. So anyways, at the lunch though, when... I kind of sided with Eric or um, I'm sorry, when they're Garcelle and Sheree are talking about the alcoholism and mm-hmm. um, the combination of the, the meds and the alcohol and stuff. I kind of had Kyle's side. I took Kyle's side in that argument. I thought Garcelle was being a little jumping to conclusions with the I, alcoholism. I can understand that. I think that because Garcelle has a son that has been through addiction and like all that I think that that you just have like a you just can foresee bad things happening that you can't make it stop and be like it's not gonna happen for everybody like people can have a wild night or have a bad period of time without completely destroying their lives but I mean Kyle has dealt with that with Kim so Kyle's aware of what addiction looks like Kyle's the biggest enabler on the but planet. I thought Kyle made good points of like throwing mm-hmm. out that word of addiction is a big accusation. It's a little brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And I can, I can understand why Erica would potentially, I'm, I'm assuming it happens in the future. Erica gets mad because Garcelle, I think brings this up in front of her. Uh-huh. But what Garcelle, I think, I think she's just using the wrong words and should have said, oh, you know, I think there's a dependency there mm-hmm. that I, it's concerning. And yeah. I think as a group of friends, we need to watch out mm-hmm. if it happens again we should probably say something. Yeah. I just didn't, I don't know. I didn't really agree with Garcelle in the way that she brought it up, but I still fucking love her. Yeah. I mean, she can and, do no wrong. Um, Were they at a sports bar? I don't even remember. There was like screaming in the background. Oh, cheering. that's right. I do remember that. And being like, where the fuck are, are they? they? Is this BJ's? Like is the football game Fridays? Yeah. It was so loud. That was, it was weird. It was weird. Um, Okay, just fast forwarding to Diana and Sun. Okay. This is your bread and butter. So Diana. Uh, okay, so I told you this and you were like freaking out. Whenever I watch Diana on TV and she's doing her weird lizard tongue thing, Ugh. I find myself mimicking her. Like I can't Ugh. not do it. Like I'm like, like, you know, when someone has like, it reminds me of um, holy moly. That's why I do it. I'm like, mole, yeah. mole, mole, mole. Mole, like, mole. I can't stop licking my lips. Like, what the fuck is that? And also, she's crazy. You guys, the 
it's really strange. The family scene that they had together was so weird to me. The sit down lunch was weird. What's up with the Gucci hat sitting on top of her head, not fitting. There's, there's something off there. And, and when they keep going back and forth of like, I I actually really thought I saw genuineness in Sutton when she was having the conversation with her, Mm -hmm. we're like, you could see it in her face. She's like, no, I'm legitimately trying to, I was trying to connect with you. Yeah. And I, there's, she was gaslighting. Gaslighter, gaslighter. Like that's all she was doing when she was like, oh, like she would ask the question back to Sutton or I wish I like wrote down specifics, but she was like, oh, and what do you think I do? Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, oh, you think I'm mad? Why do you feel, you know, just like not manipulative, yeah, manipulative, gaslighty, like all that stuff. And I was just like, this is, listen, Sutton's a weirdo, but. Oh yeah. I mean, she hugged a. Uh, a bucket of ice filled with champagne the other night. And, and I get that. Like, I get that. So do I, but I find that to be more endearing and I would rather be friends with Sutton than I would Diana. A thousand percent. Okay. So I thought of something. Okay. Diana's a rich bitch. Yes. If you take away her money, Mm -hmm. she's just a bitch, right? She's just a bitch. If you took all of her money away, she'd still be this toxic, gross person. She wouldn't have any friends. You wouldn't want to be friends with. Yeah. And that's why when she did, you did the cutaway. And they did the cutaway with her in her confessional. And she's talking about Elton John, Lady Gaga, blah, 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 blah. It's like, those people don't want to be friends with you. Right. Those people are using you because you have money. And They're you have don- you're donating a lot of money to their charity. And of course, I don't know what her friendships are like. She may be best friends with Elton John, but there's nothing I've, indicating that. Yeah. And, and also somebody, I don't know, there's something, it's deeply, it's a woman who's deeply insecure, who is extremely wealthy, who thinks that her philanthropy makes up for her bad personality and bitchiness. Well, and she thinks that her money is better than everybody else's. Like how she said, fine, I'll let them fly commercial. And it's like, go ahead. Sutton owns baseball teams. I'm sure she can find a plane ride. <laughs> and also like, I, I've never flown private before, but I almost feel like I would want to fly first class instead. Was it you and I that were talking about this? I don't know. We're... Like when Heather Dubrow, when they flew to Mexico, that, yeah. that like, I don't want to be in a soda miserable. can. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm okay going through TSA pre-check, going to a first class lounge and flying first class. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I'm sorry. So what? You can bypass security. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like, I don't really. If you're flying first class anyway, you can go through the, right. The pre-check yeah. line. Like, I don't know. It's, it's too much for me. Yeah, I find her to be toxic. I don't think she's going to come back. And I could see her not going to the reunion. I don't think she'll go to the reunion. And I don't think she should come back. And I'm all the way done with her. I find no redeeming qualities is the thing. I do. Okay. But if she does go to the reunion, the only thing I am hoping and praying for is that Garcelle unleashes on her. And she will. So. But that's that on that. Um, That's our recap, you guys. We will be back next week with a full episode on the lawsuit the racketeering Mm -hmm. lawsuit but before we go lauren do you have a criminal behavior oh my god i do and my criminal behavior is justin timberlake period oh oh, oh, you do not need to say any more i can't stay on that motherfucker i cannot stand justin timberlake okay i grew up loving him you know, I loved mm-hmm. NC. I was an NC girly. I was in a Backstreet Boy girly when he went on a solo career. Loved it, loved it, loved it. 
there is something nauseating about him. You know what I it is? Right. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I think it's because he's he is the epitome of privileged white boy with no one ever saying no. I mean, you are not funny and you're on Saturday Night Live as like a guest host. Like, no, get off. Like he's everywhere. He's got to get his dirty little shit hooks and fucking everything. And I hate it. So I saw an article recently and the headline was like, what happened? Like how Justin Timberlake turned into like a cringe monster. Like yeah. nobody likes him. And if you don't know what we're talking about, I invite you to go watch the hot one series with Sean oh. Evans and Justin Timberlake. He is disgusting. He's so cringy. He's so, so cringy. Cr- you know what? You know what it is? It, I don't know if it's you have these swag. kinds of people. It's like the boys from like high school or college or whatever who like grow the mustache and wear the cutoff shirts and like yes. think that like trailer park yeah. hot is fun. And it's like, no, Brad. No, he has, a, he has a false sense of swag. Okay. So I was watching that show on Hulu called candy that has what's her name in it. Jessica Biel. And I was sitting there and I was like, I almost didn't want to watch it because you know, there's always a chance that Justin will pop up. Well, and my God, he did. And it surprised me because I got a few episodes in and I started to like the show. And then I was like, no. And I had to finish it. He pops in, like I think the last episode or the second to last episode, because he's the sheriff. Yes. But you want to know something funny? When we were watching it, my boyfriend goes, because in, in the series, Jessica Beale has a perm. Mm-hmm. And he sat down and goes, is that Justin Timberlake? Stop. <laughs> Maybe she they, shaved his head and that was what the wig was made out of. I almost peed my pants. Ugh. It still makes me laugh. He did. Was, he joined TikTok yesterday. Oh God. And I was like, great. So I guess I'm no longer having fun on this app. <laughs> I'm going to have to block him. Honestly, I just can't. It's too can much. You, I need one block? thing. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What's your criminal behavior? Okay. This I is going to get, we're going to get into fight. Mm-mm. My criminal behavior is the never before seen episodes on any Bravo show, specifically Real Housewife related. And hear me out. Okay. Because I love them. When you're promoting a never before before scene, I don't want to rewatch the episode I just watched with new clips. I I want to watch never before seen clips. I get that. Kind of like on Love Island, like the unseen bits. Yeah. Yeah. Because then I go back and I'm watching it. And then all of a sudden I'm getting a tag on the bottom left that talks about uh, behind the scenes uh, something that happened behind the scenes and then they'll insert a new clip. I'm like, I right. Just air this then just air this. Right. And make it, this the entire episode. All right. I, I don't think we're going to fight over okay. that because okay. I get it. I, I misinterpreted you because I love the never before scenes. I think they're so fun. It's like, it reminds me of back in the day when they used to do the thing where they'd like take a pause in the show and then in the middle of the commercial break, you'd get little goodies. Yeah. Like I loved that. It reminded me of like old Disney channel. Like when only Disney shows were the commercials, like loved it, but you're right. An hour of like the same show with like a total of 40 seconds of new information is nothing. Yeah. I agree. So that's that on that. That's that on that. Okay. Well go follow us on Instagram at allegedly Bravo. Hit us up on Patreon. Um, at allegedly bravo and literally anywhere else and you know what tell a friend about us 
rate, subscribe. Nothing less than five stars, please. Nothing less than five stars. (laughs) Okay. Thanks guys. See you next week. Bye.